So Luke chapter 2, very familiar passage of scripture, hopefully not so familiar that you miss the message, you miss what it is that God is trying to say to you through it. Uh, maybe you, you learn something new this year, maybe there's something, something that comes up off the page, a new thought or a fact or an idea or just a new revelation that the Lord gives you through this passage of scripture. So Luke 2, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. That this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. So it would be, the thought to me would be like you going back to where you were born. Anybody else born in Wyoming? Anyone here? You don't know what you're missing. It was wonderful. It was the best, year, best week of my life. That's all it was. It was a week, and then my mom uh, moved there. But I happened to be in Wyoming, Cheyenne, Wyoming, when my mom gave birth to me. So you'd go back to where you were born, and you would register so that they would be able to then basically just count you and then collect taxes from you. And it says that Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, the Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. If you want to see how that plays itself out, look at the first chapter of Matthew and look at the, the, um, the birth line of, and how it ends up at Joseph. It's pretty fascinating. It's fascinating to us, but no coincidence to God. I mean, it was like exactly the way he wanted it to be. And Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem exactly at the right time. So don't miss that point. So he went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. Remember, we've been talking about that. He was legally obligated. They, were, they had a covenant, they had a contract to be married, but they had yet consummated their marriage. But yet Joseph last week chose to take Mary, to take a risk, to do kind of what the culture would not suggest. And he took her to be his wife. And it says, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay, so how many of you in your mind see Joseph and Mary uh, riding into town? It was a 70-mile journey. They go, they go to the Motel 6. They didn't leave the light on for him because there is no more room. They go to the, and they say, hey, there's no vacancies. All the rooms are full. You ever, do you, you play that out in your mind when you were a kid? Maybe you thought that's the way it was. They went to a hotel, right? Or they went to what they would call an inn. Well, I think it was a little bit different back then. I mean, obviously I wasn't there and you, all you can do is do research and, and uh, look it up online and try to figure out what, what was it maybe really like. And I think it was more like this. This was the first Airbnb or the first like uh, VRBO, you know, where you just rent out your house to, for people to come and stay there. And we were at the Leathers house, uh, Joe and Sharon's house on Friday night for our, our core team and board uh, Christmas celebration. It was wonderful. And they have like a really neat space downstairs. They have the American room. It's all decorated in American flag. You know, it's just all this Americana stuff. And like, Joe, you could have your own Airbnb. You could rent this room out. Matter of fact, you could be a Uber driver and you could drive people to your Airbnb. You can make some money off this deal. Well, that's kind of what it would be like. They would actually build their houses with their own living quarters, but then they would build a guest room off to the side 
because in that culture it was just natural because there were no hotels so it was just natural for people to come and stay with you and they would and it would be if they come and it's first come first serve they would knock on your door and if you had space you would let them in i assume that there was probably some money exchanged or some maybe they gave them a chicken for a night to stay or, or a goat or something like that but there was some form of exchange and people would stay there, and they'd offer them hospitality. You see so many times in Scripture talking about Christians should offer hospitality to one another and open up your home and open up your lives to people. And so that was the case. Well, there were so many people in the city that by the time they got there, there was no more room in what they would call the Cataluma. That was the word for it. It would be, there's no more room in the Cataluma. Like, we're full. There's like no more space, no more floor space. So in that same house, maybe on the other side of the house, there'd maybe be some steps down and you would have like a little carport, in a sense, where you'd keep your animals close to your home. And that's where the animals would stay and that's where the manger would be. That's where the manger would be uh, something that they would put food in for the animals to eat. So it was late at night. Obviously the animals weren't up eating. The manger was available. So they said, this is as good a place as any instead of putting them on the ground. And so they placed the baby in this feeding trough. So that's the picture. So you have Mary and Joseph. They come there, and that's the only place for them. And that's where they're born. No, that's where the baby's born. So it goes on to say, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were feel, filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Isn't it pretty fascinating to me anyway, and I hope you think so too, is that when it's speaking about all the people, that's you and me, ladies and gentlemen. It's great joy for us, for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with, the, with this angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. It's beautiful beautiful picture God coming into the world being present among us Emmanuel God with us I want you to know this morning that there's no area of your life no situation in your life that God doesn't long to insert himself into to give you hope to bring you peace because of his great love for you is the reason why he wants to do those things. And then we'll talk about the joy part here in just a little while. Maybe you walked in here this morning, maybe already knowing some bad news. You already know some bad news. There's enough bad news in the world to go around, right? There's plenty of bad news. Even in the best scenario, even the best family that's in this room, there's at least some bad news one thing or another. But God wants you to hear some good news this morning. Amen? Do you, like, you like to hear good news? 
Good news is the best. It's like it's good for our bones when we hear some good news. Good news of great joy. I love this thought that instead of coming to earth as a pampered, privileged ruler, Jesus was born in meekness as one of us. He is approachable, accessible, and available. That's the Jesus we praise. Approachable, accessible, and available. No palace gates bar the way to him. No ring of guards prevents our approach. And you can come to him and be in his presence. All of this should give us great joy. So I want to think about this word joy. So J-O-Y. The first letter is J. So I want to talk about Jesus. It's pretty natural that we would talk about Jesus. He's kind of the center of our attention. And he's worthy of our attention and worthy to be the center of that. He's worthy of of our praise. Amen? Is he worthy of our praise today? Jesus came to seek and to save those that were lost. That is you and that is me. He provided a way for all mankind, for all people, to escape the wrath of God. He grew up and lived a sinless life in order to be the perfect sacrifice to satisfy that wrath. It had to be satisfied, and only Jesus was able, only Jesus was worthy to satisfy. He knew no sin because he became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. What a change in position. Sinful, and in Christ we're sinless. Scripture says we were dead in our sin, but he made us alive. And we no longer have to fear death because he conquered it on our behalf. So it's so much more than just a baby in a manger. It's a savior on a cross. It's a savior who rose again three days later. That's why we can have great joy this morning. Like I said before, he's worthy of our praise. Here in a few hours, here in a few hours, Chief Stadium will be sort of full, probably not completely full. (laughs) And people will give praise when the Chiefs are announced. They will. I've been there. I've been on the field when it happens. And flames shoot up out of this thing. And the players run onto the field. And people give praise. There's even people in this room that give praise to the Cowboys. I'm not sure about that. I don't know how that goes. (laughs) I'm calling out Shannon right now. Maybe you're not the only one. I was a Cowboys fan when I was in fourth grade. All right? But people will give praise, won't they? They're crazy. They'll give crazy praise. They're freezing cold there. There were some crazy people at the Northwest game yesterday giving praise. But we know that obviously what Jesus has done for us is so much more than if the Chiefs make the playoffs. And don't get me wrong, I love the Chiefs and I love sports. We've got to keep it in proper perspective. So this Jesus who came to save us is worthy of our praise. So, oh, our call this Christmas, our call this Christmas as a church, our call this Christmas as the body of Christ, our call every day is to praise him. That's what we are called to do. We are called to praise him. 
I want to share this, uh, this passage of Scripture out of 1 Peter. So listen to these, uh, listen to these words. The title of the, the segment goes like this. is Born Again to a Living Hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Like we have this gift that is waiting for us in eternity. It's waiting. It is like the most beautiful gift that has ever been wrapped for you. And it is waiting. It is prepared for you because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And all we have to do is believe to receive it. In this it says you rejoice. Okay, we rejoice in that fact, don't we? We rejoice. We should praise. We should rejoice in this truth. Though now for a little while, if necessary, it says you have been grieved by various trials. Can I get an amen to that, all right? Remember, we all came in with that. We all, there's been some trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith which is your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire. That's what happens to gold. That your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you weren't there that morning when he was born, or that night, whenever it was, though we were not there, though we were not there when he went to the cross, and died for us, though we were not there the morning that he resurrected, we, though we've not seen him, yet we believe because of the truth that is in his word. So though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you rejoice. Listen to this. This is my favorite part. You rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. Like you can't even really explain it. Like I can't even really tell you how I feel about it. Like my daughter giving birth to her child. Like you can't even really describe what that's like until you've experienced it for yourself as a grandpa. But this joy that is speaking of is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. That is the goal of our faith. This is the salvation. That is the gift we get to unwrap. A gift that will give and give and give. Matt Chandler is a, uh, is a great teacher, pastor, and has gone through some extreme trials of his own. He had cancer and he almost died and he survived. And this is a quote from him. It says, heaven is not for people who just want to skip hell. Think about that. It's not just for people who want to skip hell. I mean, let's be honest, all of us would really love to skip that. We don't really want to know exactly what that's like. We don't want any part of that. But heaven is reserved for those who love Jesus, who have been rescued by him, and who long to praise him. Isn't that awesome? Like, that is what heaven is for. And if you look around in Scripture, you'll see evidence of what praising in heaven looks like. You look at the book of Revelation in chapter 4, where it says there was creatures that were filled with eyes all around him and they were created to worship and he had the 24 elders and it says when they saw Jesus they threw their crowns at his feet and they cried holy 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 is the Lord Almighty the whole earth is filled with his glory 
That's what we were created for. And then you, that's the why on joy. You are to be like the shepherds, telling the story of Jesus as you go about your day and your way of life. This news is way too good to keep to yourself. Whether you happen to work or wherever you happen to work and live within this society. Isn't it interesting that the shepherds left their flocks and they went and saw, but what did they do after they, were, after they saw? They went back praising. They went back to work. They went back to influence their sphere of, of, of influence, their, whoever it was that they have, have contact with. And I want you to think about that today. Listen, if we went around the room and we all talked about the different areas of, of life that we influence, it would be, it'd be pretty, there'd be a great variety. It'd be pretty phenomenal to see, like all the different areas we touch, just as a small church here in Platte City. All of us are not called to do what it is that I do, you know? And the reality is, is I'm not qualified to do what it is you do, what you do. And it's, it's good that, it's probably good that we don't switch that out. <laughs> I'd be a terrible financial advisor if Dan and I switched. Dan would be a, do a pretty good job speaking, but I would ruin people's lives. It would not be good. But where Dan is, he can influence people with his gifts and his abilities. And you take that to yourself. If you, you say, well, Brady, I used to work, but now I'm retired. Even better. Because now you have some flexibility that some of us don't have. And you can go... And do you can just, as God gives you kind of like this, uh, a desire to go, you can just go because you don't have to clock in and clock out. It's pretty phenomenal, I think. We have teachers that are in our midst. What a calling. What an influence on the lives of young people. It's a kind word. A quiet prayer without them even knowing it. <laughs> Because you, you're influencing their lives. You may have a job you don't even like, but God's put you there for a purpose. And while you're there, you might as well praise him. And you might as well tell others about him. I guess they could fire you, and then you wouldn't have that job anymore. You could go out and get a different one. I don't know. I'm not suggesting go get fired on purpose, but I'm just saying. I love how the angels... Or not the angels, but the shepherds, as they went back, they praised the one whom they met in the manger. I have a question for you this morning. It's a question that you should expect to hear in church. Have you met the one who was born in a manger? Do you know the one who died and rose again? If you don't, I would encourage you to get to know him. That will change the way you view Christmas forever. So we finish with this. This Christmas, may we be the people who carry the good news of Jesus so that all the people of the earth can hear this call of Christmas that leads to praising Jesus just like the heavenly host did that night, just like we have done this day. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the, the unique and diverse 
group of people who gathered here today. We even thank you for the various trials that we have brought in to this room today. And Jesus, would you be born into those difficult times um, by us putting our faith and trust in you? Would you be born into those moments and would you bring joy there, even in the midst of a difficulty? Would you reveal yourself to us in a new way this Christmas? Help us know the hope, the peace, the love, and the joy that is in Christ. Let's pray for these young ones that are going to get up on the stage. And, and uh, Lord, I pray that they would know that they don't have to be perfect. All they need to do is be present. And you will be honored by their praise that they're offering to you today. God, we do lift up Kyle and Ashley Hosty right now. That would you uh, bring about this, this new life into the world. And would you receive the praise for that and the glory for that, Lord? We thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here in just a moment, we'll have a little transition period. The kids are going to be coming. Uh, just to remind you today, as you, as you leave today, we do take up um, an offering. And if you have your attendance sheet, please fill that out. Drop it in the basket as you leave. And then if you didn't plan on staying... Please stay. We're going to have plenty. I, I, the hallway smells amazing. Soups and chilies. And I, thought I saw some chicken noodle soup. I saw some cookies. I saw some beverages. And I saw just a lot of love and a lot of fellowship that's going to happen in the hallway there, here at the school. So please stay if you can. Remember that uh, Christmas Eve, that is a week from last night, we will be here at 5 p.m. We will worship together. We will celebrate together. We'll light have candle lighting together and then Christmas Day we will not have service Christmas Day but if you are available come and meet us here right out front of the school by the flagpole at 845 we're gonna drive down to Hope City that is a ministry to um, to people who just would not have a Christmas otherwise and we're going to feed them and we're gonna love on them we're gonna be Jesus to them and more than likely, they're going to be Jesus right back to us. And so we want to encourage you to come and be a part of that next week if you want to. And so uh, let's uh, we'll get ready and we'll have our kids program.